pipes and in this life, but son, we don't see shade. She got my eye, might make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. We spend a time, you have a good night. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Dome Podcast, and today it's just me, and we are going to preview the UFC 290 this Saturday, July 8th. This is a pretty interesting card. I haven't seen this good of a card since Israel Adesanya fight, that whenever he beat Pereira by, by knockout a couple few weeks ago, but... This is a stacked card, and I'm not going to go over the prelims, the early prelims, because especially for you guys out there, a lot of people aren't really like diehard UFC fans. They're not a lot of people who pay attention. That like a lot of people are more so more so casuals than anything else. So you're not going to know a lot of the fighters in the prelims and the early prelims. But if you if you're out there and you do pay a good uh, a good amount of attention to at least some of this sport, then you're going to understand some of these main card fighters. <clears throat> so I'm going to start at the bottom. The first card, the first event in the main card. <clears throat> and that's going to be between Bo Nickel and Val Woodburn. Keep in mind here, both of these guys are undefeated. Nichols 4-0. Woodburn 7-0. You can't really sit back here and say Woodburn has the experience because at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a three-fight difference. They're both stepping into the octagon undefeated. They're both essentially fighting for their, for their uh, career, obviously. I mean... The only thing that separates the two is honestly their height and weight. And it's not even that much of a marginal difference. Bo Nickel, he's 27, and this is this is a 185-pound fight. So they're fighting in the middleweight. They're both 185 pounds. Nickel's 27, Woodburn's 29. Nickel is a he's a good amount of inches taller. He's six one and Woodburn's five eight. So he he has a, a pretty solid height advantage. But and the and Nickel also has two more inches in reach. So he, he's seventy six inch wingspan while Woodburn's seventy four. <clears throat> Neither of these fighters have a win by knockout either. Out of out of the eleven fights combined 4-0 for Nickel, 7-0 for Woodburn. None have been by knockout, and only one has been by submission, and that was Nickel. I feel like this is honestly Nickel's fight to lose. I think this is his fight to lose. I think he's walking in there, honestly, with a better overview I guess you could say. I guess he. I, I would say he has a better base skill than Woodburn does. Woodburn, he. I. I. He's seven to zero, but 
I'm assuming that because I don't know this for a fact, so take this with a grain of salt, but I'm assuming that if he has no wins by knockout or submission, then it's more than likely decision. So if he's 7-0 based off a decision, then Nick will better prepare to go the longevity of these three rounds. Because I don't think this one's not going to be a five-round fight, I believe. This one, this one's this one's still going to be a three-round fight. The five-round fights, actually, this yeah, this might be a five-round fight. Nickel better be ready to go the distance. Woodburn hasn't lost, period. Nickel hasn't lost, period. Woodburn also doesn't have any wins by knockout or submission. So that's whenever you have to think, like, okay, how how is he how is he undefeated seven seven to zero? It you can't say he's out here fighting bums. Because if he's out here fighting bums, then he, he'd have a couple wins by knockout. He doesn't seem, like looking at his build, he doesn't seem like a like a grappler. He doesn't seem like a wrestler. He doesn't seem like he has a, like a like a tremendous ground game. He might have a tremendous ground def- defense. He's a lot bigger than Nickel. I will say, looking at like muscle mass comparisons. But I think this is Nickel's fight to lose. And even though there's a three-win difference, I don't think that really matters here, because it's not like it's not like like Woodburn has a crazy amount of experience. He's he's only seven to zero. Like you look at Raul Rosas, for example, Meep Meep, Meep Meep, Raul Rosas. If you're listening, somehow, I, I want to fight you. You and me step into the octagon one on one. We're taking it. I'm winning the belt. But. <laughs> Raul Rosas was, I believe, 7-0 before he lost. And he lost, went 7-1, and everyone thought this kid, like, he, he's he's like an 18, 19-year-old 19 year kid. Like, he, he's young in the UFC. And everyone's like, yeah, no, he's uh, he, he's the next up. He's in, and he still has time. He's, he's not even 20 years old yet. He's 7-1. But a lot of, but... In that in that fight that he lost, he ran in, and he gassed himself out first round. And it he didn't have that much knowledge of the game, and Nickel and Woodburn are yes they're undefeated four and seven and zero, but they're not they don't have that experience edge. Neither of them really do. And I do want to take a look at what the odds are for this. This isn't even the biggest fight. This is what what I'm talking about right now is like the bottom fight of the main card. So it's still like an important fight. But the next four after this are, they just keep getting better, better, and better. And I'll explain that as we go on. But if I go down, so, okay, yeah. Like I was saying, looking at the matches right now, if you were to take any of the money lines, remember what I just said. This is Bo Nichols' fight to lose. Bo Nickel is sitting at minus three thousand five hundred to win. So if you put like if you put five dollars on that, I don't even think you're going to get a dollar back. <laughs> He's favored by that much. He has he see he has like a better base skill than Woodburn does. Woodburn's sitting at plus fourteen hundred. So if you if you're looking at the stats, if you if you find anything out there that you really like, you really 
enjoy and like about Woodburn, then take it. Because the, the odds for him are good. I just really don't think he's going to win this fight. But let's move up a fight, the one after this, to Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker. This fight is a lightweight fight sitting at 155 pounds each. Jalen Turner has a record of 13 wins and 6 losses. Dan Hooker has a record of 22 wins and 12 losses. Dan has the experience. Now this is where the experience factor comes in a little bit. He does have a little bit more experience, but the gap is not is it's still not that big. He's bit he's 33 years old. So he's been in the UFC for for quite some time now. Dan Hooker's 33 years old if I didn't specify that. Jalen Turner, his last fight, he lost to Gamrot. He lost to Gamrot by a split decision. So that it went down to a decision as well. He didn't win by KO, didn't win by submission. But some of these other fight some of these other statistics here are kind of throwing me off a little bit. Now listen. So Jalen Turner. Obviously, younger guy. He's 28 years old, fighting a 33-year-old Dan Hooker. This could be Dan Hooker's last fight, by the way. So if you know Dan Hooker, there is a potential. This could be his last fight. This could be one of his last fights. He's he's getting up there in age. But Jalen Turner, three inches on him. He's 6'3 in height, while Dan Hooker's six foot flat. And he has a two-reach, two-inch reach advantage. 77 inches and Dan Hooker 75. Two inches isn't that much of a difference. It's not, but like look looking down at that, you really gotta <laughs> you really do have to take that into consideration whenever you're trying to like to to, to decipher who's gonna win. You really have to figure that out as well. The only thing that really scares me though, and like and I I did say this. Dan Hooker has the experience edge. He does. 22 and 12. Phenomenal record. I, it's a good record. It's not, it ain't no Conor McGregor, believe me. But it's a solid record. He has seven wins by knockout out of his 22. Which is, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Jalen Turner has three wins, three knockout wins out of his 13. I would honestly say that's pretty even. I would say that's uh, that's dead on even because Dan Hooker has 22 wins. Jalen Turner has 13. So, I mean, if Jalen Turner ended up having more wins by knockout than, than Dan Hooker, then I'd be like, okay, like this guy, this guy's for real. Like this guy's serious. But as we, here's the other thing. If you go down to submission wins, Jalen Turner has three, Dan Hooker has two. Jalen, Jalen Turner is more of a scrapper than, than Dan Hooker is. And, I I just I don't think I don't think Dan Hooker has one in the he Dan Hooker Dan Hooker is not even the favorite for this fight either. That's why I'm Dan I I I would go Jalen if you're gonna bet on this, I would go Jalen Turner. Money line sitting at minus two ninety right now for him. Now keep in mind this is this is Saturday morning. This is being recorded. So these are all like current odds up to date. Dan Hooker is sitting at plus two thirty-five. So I mean, it's not—it's not like a crazy marginal difference like Bo Nickel and um, Woodburn is. 
but you also just can't sit there and pick out all the favorites too. Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker can win this fight. Like I remember last night, my dad was telling me he was my my mom was questioning why everyone like pays this money to watch these guys fight if it's not like if you if it's like not guaranteed to be exciting. Well, it's like it's not really what it's about. And my dad was explaining like it's about the memories and seeing it all live because he remembers that there was this one time I I forget when it was, but Mike Tyson was fighting. I forget his name, but Mike Tyson, like he has such, he has that legacy that he just absolutely destroys people in the ring. And he got knocked out in that fight that my dad was watching. And it was, and he'll never forget it just because he saw that like live in the moment. And that's kind of why you watch these things. But I do want to move up to the top three fights. These top three fights are outstanding. So, applaud to Dana White for designing this card, first off. But, we have a middleweight matchup again, sitting at 185. Between Robert Whitaker, if you know, I hope you know him. He's, he's a legend. Robert Whitaker. And Driscus Duplessis. This fight has potential to be the greatest of this year so far. The last, I, I want to, so real quick, little, little, just a little insight on on each of them. Robert Whitaker. He's twenty five and six. He's 32 years old. He's 25 wins and six losses. Great, that's a phenomenal record. That's a that's a great that's a great record. Duplessis, he's 19 and two, and he's also on a five fight win streak. He's on a five fight win streak, which is impressive. Impressive. 19 and 2 at, at the age of 29. The thing that scares me is Duplessis is <clears throat> Duplessis is more of a submission guy than Robert Whitaker is. If you've watched Robert Whitaker fight, and I'm not the biggest Robert Whitaker fan, but I've noticed several times where he kind of just puts his head down and he just goes. He j- he just goes. Like there's no stopping him. He puts his head down and he just starts swinging. But I'm not I'm not discrediting the guy. I mean, he's obviously doing something right. He's 25 and 6. Right? He's 25 and 6. Their height is is essentially the same. So I'm not too concerned about that. One inch, one, one inch difference isn't going to make much of a difference. It really won't. However, the reach will a little bit. There's a two and a half reach advantage for Duplessis. He's sitting at 76 inches in wingspan. Wow. Robert Whitaker is 73 and a half. Robert Whitaker, five wins by knockout out of his 25. 
And that's also, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's someone who really just puts his head down and he just, he just like kind of just, he just, he's throwing fists. Like it's not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest fan of his fighting style. I, I'm more interested in Duplessis fighting style. Duplessis has three wins by knockout and one by submission. And Robert Whitaker has no wins by submission. And I think, like, yes, Robert Whitaker does have a little bit more experience. He does. But Duplessis is on a five-fight win streak. He's 19-2 and two with a submission win. And Robert Whitaker is, Robert Whitaker is not a submit. He's not, he's not a ground fighter. He's a striker more than anything else. He, he will not. He, he does not go to the ground. He does not go to the ground. Duplessis will scrap with you. He'll scrap. I'm not Robert Whitaker's defense, uh, his takedown defense. It's solid. It it is it is pretty good. I won't lie, and that's going to be a challenge for Duplessis. This, I I I imagine this fight will go the five rounds. I think it'll go the distance. Now, I don't I don't even know my own prediction. I really have no idea. If I were to take one, like you have to factor in absolutely everything here. And you also like Robert Whitaker, he hasn't lost to anyone named not he hasn't lost to anyone not named Israel Adesanya since 2014. So he hasn't lost since 2014 because he fought Izzy Izzy uh, Adesanya back then. It's been, I mean, like he hasn't fought that many times. He hasn't fought that many times, but. It's been nearly a decade since he lost. He 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 hasn't lost in almost a decade. Now that's also he like I said, he hasn't had many fights. He hasn't had like the opportunity to step in there with somebody because no one's no one's like no one's really gonna challenge him. And you also gotta think like Robert Whitaker, yes, he he is a phenomenal fighter. He is. I, and I I'm bashing his fighting style over here a little bit. I, I don't personally like it. I don't like how he fights. But he's ranked at number 15 for pound for pound pound for pound fighters. He's ranked number 15. If you don't know what pound pound for pound fighters rankings are, it's essentially like <clears throat> it's essentially the power rank power rankings for the current UFC fighters and that it, it includes like their current standing in their division it includes their record if they're champion or not yet and this fight the one after this and the one after this they all have somebody in the top 15 that's why this card is so phenomenal and this the next event the co-main event I believe has a potential for a big upset. I think the main event does too. So 
if you're still listening, pay attention to that because I'm I'm very eager to talk about this co-main and the main event. But I'll get to that after I <clears throat> wrap up my prediction here. I oh man, this is such a tough one. This really is such a tough one. I'm gonna say I Robert see that's the thing. I, I don't want to say Duplessis by submission because Robert Whitaker, his takedown defense is so good. That's what he like he doesn't he doesn't like get submitted really. I, I don't even know if he has a submission loss. He actually he might have a he might have like one or two. But actually I think he just has one. It, might, it may have been to Izzy actually. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take Robert Whitaker to win. And I think he's going to knock out Duplessis. I think Robert Whitaker is going to knock out Duplessis in the third round. As of right now, Robert Whitaker is the favorite. <clears throat> Money line sitting at minus 375. Duplessis is at plus 300. Robert Whitaker. I think has the better he 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 does he has the better odds to win this fight and I think this is this is his fight to lose. I think this is all him. I think if he avoids getting taken to the ground and he uses his power in striking, he uses what he does best on his feet. There's no reason why he can't he can't finish Duplessis. There's no reason why he can't. I'm I'm not discrediting Duplessis, but 19 and 2 record, that's great. That's great. But Whenever you have that, like that that edge on you that has like the longevity factor in it, you have like like everything that you've done. Whit- Whitaker has accomplished a lot. He he's been a champion, like he he's been a champion in lightweight in uh, middleweight. He's been he's he's been a champion, right? Like he's not he's not a bad fighter by any means. That's why this this is his fight to lose. I I So I'm taking Robert Whitaker, three round knockout, book it. <clears throat> but excuse me, I'm gonna get a sip of water, hold on. But the co main event. The co-main event is arguably the best fight in this card. It has the potential to be. Two fighters, Brandon Moreno, who is the current flyweight champion of the division, facing Alexandre Pantoja. Moreno is sitting at a balming record of 21 wins, 6 losses, and 2 no contests. Pantoja, 25 wins, 5 losses. He's also on a 3-fight win streak. Each fighter won their last fight. Pantoja, this has this is another opportunity for for uh it to be his, his last fight as well. But these fighters, 
they they actually do go a long way. I I believe they trained the get they trained together at some point. Then once they they split up whenever they like they got into the UFC. They fought the last time they each fought was 2018 and Pantoja won. Pantoja won. Pantoja I think Pantoja has the best chance to upset Moreno than anyone and than anyone else does this entire card. Maybe Yair Rodriguez, which is the next fight. But Pantoja has the opportunity to defeat Moreno here. And then the, the flyweight the flyweight's tough. And the U, the UFC was actually they were gonna scrap the flyweight division several years ago. And they they didn't because it's whenever you like whenever you look at the flyweight division, like I just said, the champions Brandon Moreno. How many of you guys out there know who Brandon Moreno is? Not many of you. Not many of you. Not many people know a lot of the fighters in the flyweight division. It's a very overlooked division. It's not highly like their fights are highly anticipated. No one's really like actively watching their division, seeing like how everything's going. But they kept it in because the fighters like they they always seem to put a show on. It's 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 like this division itself, these fighters are always scrapping, putting on a show. This fight is going to be absolutely insane. This this co-main event could be the best fight of the entire card. It could be it could be the like the whole like it could be the best one. <clears throat> Moreno could lose his belt here. Moreno's all, also ranked number nine in the pound for pound fighters. He's ranked number nine, holding strong as the current flyweight champion. If Pantoja loses this fight, I assume he's going to retire. <clears throat> I assume he'll retire. Moreno has a two-inch uh, advantage in height. He's he's five seven. Pantoja's five five. Doesn't really make much of a difference here. Not not a ton. Another two and a half inch advantage in wingspan for Moreno 70 inches and Pantoja's 67 and a half Pantoja's a, like, he's a little bit of a smaller guy I mean they're both they're 125 pounds they're <clears throat> they're a little bit smaller but that's that's the division they're fighting in but I mean they're not like they're not like 6'1 or they're not like 6'1 125 pounds that's like some of these guys out here, um, Moreno was also Moreno. Moreno's come a long way. He he was the ult, He was the uh, Ultimate Fighter. He was on the Ultimate Fighter and he won it several years ago. Pin and <clears throat> Moreno has two wins by knockout, and so does Pantoja. They both have two wins by knockout out of their. 21-25. Moreno has three wins by submission and Pantoja has four. They're both like like and I'm they're both dead on even. 
they're both dead set even. Pantoja has fought a little bit more. Like a like maybe like a fight or two more. But that's not enough to really make a difference. And I'm not going to look at Brandon Moreno's no contests here because I don't I don't know what those were for. I don't know what the judges decided to roll it on. Like it could have been like like if you look at John Jones for example, the number 1 pound for pound fighter, the best MMA fighter ever. He has one he has one loss and it was a, it was a no uh it was a disqualification because he I think it was an eye poke. Like you have to like look at all those things. John Jones essentially has never lost. And that's why I'm not going to look at these no contests and take those into consideration, really. I'm going to look at his his wins and losses here. I mean, they're both dead dead even with their striking. They're both dead on even with their submissions. They're both both of these fighters. Moreno's uh, Mexican and Pantoja's Brazilian. He's from he's from Brazil. They both know how to scrap, especially Pantoja. The Brazilian fighters. Brazilian fighters are typically very, very, very good at jiu-jitsu. And if you have a great jiu-jitsu and like wrestling ground game background, then you can dominate the UFC. Look at Charles Oliveira, for example. Whenever he fought like three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago against Benil Dariush, and I, I did a previous podcast episode about that one I I didn't I didn't even talk about like what actually happened Charles Oliveira finished him in like the second round <laughs> he submitted him those and Charles Oliveira is from Brazil I mean these Brazilian fighters they don't mess around with jiu-jitsu and wrestling and they they take their grappling and their ground games so seriously you know and I'm not just like I said I'm not discrediting Moreno and his ground game but I think Moreno has a really good chance of losing his belt. He has a really good chance of losing his belt. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give Pantoja the win here. I'm going to give Pantoja the win. I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be by submission or knockout. I think it's going to be by by decision at the end. I think it's going to go the full length. I don't think that I, I do think that Pantoja's submission defense, submission submission offense is legit. I think it's real, but I think that Moreno's not clueless to grappling, wrestling and and um jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, and I think that his defense is up to par enough to counter what Pantoja brings. That's why, I mean, they're both going to land a solid, like, number of strikes. It's just, I, I, like, looking at this fight how it is, I would expect this to be on the ground. And I know a lot of people are going to be very upset with that because people hate watching two guys wrestle around on the ground. It's not entertaining. But both those guys, both these guys really like their their striking is their striking is good it's just both of them their game their game is on the ground and if their game is on the ground they're going to they're going to try and use what they're best at and try and use 
what their best defense is, which is going to be also on the ground. I mean, yeah, they're going to strike up at the top. They're going to do all of that elbows here, but expect this fight to be mainly on the canvas. It's going to be on the canvas. And I do, like I said, I do expect Pantoja to come out. I I think he's going to win this fight. I think he's going to win this fight. I think he's going to take Moreno's belt at flyweight. I think Moreno's going to fall in the top 15 pound for pound rankings. They don't change like every, they don't don't change immediately, but after some time he'll fall. Pantoja will be the, will be the flyweight champion. And the odds right now, Moreno's actually Moreno's actually favorited. Moreno's sitting at minus one ninety, and Pantoja's plus one sixty. Not a big difference at all. Not a big difference at all. If you just put money on plus one sixty, you're not going to get like you'll get more of what you put in back. It's just you're not going to get like a marginal difference. But that's the coming. I want to move up to the big card, the featherweight. This is also for a belt like the last one. The last one is for the flyweight belt. This one is for the featherweight belt. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. Alexander Volkanovsky is ranked number two in the pound for pound rankings. And he's arguably number one. He <clears throat> He's arguably the best fighter in all of MMA currently. Not of all time, but currently. His last fight, he did lose. And I still don't understand this. He lost to Islam. He lost to Islam by unanimous decision. So every single judge, unanimous decision, every single judge picked Islam to win after it went the five rounds. Which could, it's very, it's, I won't lie, it's, Volk thinks he won, a lot of people think Volk won, a lot of people think Islam won, I, I still don't know, I still think it should have been, if, if anything else, Volk should have lost by split decision, I don't know how every judge gave Islam the win, but, Volkanovski's 25 and 2. 25 wins and two losses. Yair Rodriguez is 16 and three. He won his last fight. He submitted a guy by the name of Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett actually fought last week. Josh Emmett actually lost again. So Emmett, Emmett cannot catch a break. Emmett cannot catch a break. He looked horrible last week too. He did. He just, he did, he did not look in. Um, like his headspace was in proper form. Volkanovski is is a phenomenal fighter. He's a phenomenal fighter. Volkanovski is a guy who strikes. He's a guy who is better on his on his feet than not on his feet. Yair Rodriguez is a guy who's better on the ground and not on his feet. Volk is 34 years old. <clears throat> this is 145 pounds featherweight. Volkanovski's five foot six. Yair Rodriguez is five eleven. 
There is a height difference. There is. It's a it's a significant one too. But we've seen guy we've seen Volk fight guys a lot taller than him before. We've seen Volk fight a, a guys guys who are a lot bigger than him. But look at his record. 25 and 2. Is Islam is less, Islam is he's not as short as Volk. He's taller. But Islam is a Islam's a great fighter. <clears throat> and I don't understand this. I don't understand how Islam won the fight, but the UFC decided to put Volk at two and Islam at three in the pound for pound rankings. That doesn't make any sense. How does the current number three guy beat the current number two guy? And then like, like a while, like it was like months later, like it may have been like two months later, they decided to put Volk over him. I mean, applaud, but I just don't understand how that makes any sense. At that point, Volk should have won then, or or you should have put Islam at two. But Volkanovsky has a half of an inch wingspan advantage, which isn't, it's not much at all. So I'm not, like, you really can't factor that in. A half an inch really isn't going to do anything for you. Each fighter has four wins by knockout. If I didn't say this already, Yair Rodriguez is 16 and three. They both have four wins by knockout. Volk has no wins by submission. Yair has one. Volk does not go on the ground. He does not go on the ground. He has he has really good ground defense, though. I will say his defense on the ground is very good. So if you're going to watch anything, watch. If And if you want to learn more about ground defense, watch Volk. Because trust me, Yair Rodriguez is going to try and take him to the ground. He's going to try and take him to the ground. Volk has Volk has better ground defense than than Yair does. Yair and Volk also has better striking than than uh, Yair does. Yair also has better like grappling and wrestling than Volk does. But I don't think it's enough to counter what his defense is on the ground. And I I, I don't think his striking he okay Yair is quick. Yair is very quick. If you if you watch this fight, watch his kicks. It's like lightning. Like if you blink, you're gonna miss his kicks. Yair's a fast fighter. This is a big fight for Volkanovski. If Yair wins this, Yair is the well, Yair will be the current champion of the of the featherweight division. I I'm gonna say this. I do. I okay. I think there's a chance Yair could win I just think that Vulcan I think this is like I said this is this is Volkanovsky's fight to lose I think it's for him I think this fights I think I honestly think I this is his best like it's it's not as it's not his hardest fight by any means it's not it's not even close to his hardest fight but Volkanovsky like 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 I was just comparing how their fighting styles are. Yair's grappling and groundwork, it's it's great, but Volkanovsky's defense is also great. It's it's dead split. And since no one really has that advantage, 
it's it's that that's 50 50 then you go where else where else do you fight at on your feet Volkanovsky has that striking advantage by far he doesn't have the height but that's just like but still like Volkanovsky the way the way that he moves around uh that octagon you'll like he his fighting it's so unique that it like he could fight somebody who's six four and he'd still probably he'd he'd probably win like in striking in terms of landed punches he'd still probably would win. I think that Yair like Yair's quick. <clears throat> Yair, this is a, this is a bold statement. Yair needs to, Yair needs to use his kicks. Yair has a lot of power in his legs. Volk does too. Volk is. His quads are like tree trunks. <laughs> but Yair needs to use his legs, attack his calves, attack his body, go for some go for some body shots like in the liver. Go for like lower don't like go for like lower stomach abdomen area. Lead taps. Hit him with a few of those. Maybe a couple to the temple. Like a roundhouse, who knows? But you, like, you can't predict. Like, I expect to see. I expect to see a lot of kicking from Yair Rodriguez, and I expect to see a lot of defense from Volkanovski. I also expect to see a lot of times where Yair tries to get it on the ground. I don't think he's going to succeed on the ground because Volkanovski's defense is too good, and I think that Volkanovski just got to lay the hammer out there, use his fists, and go to work. Volkanovski, Volkanovski, he's he's also a great kicker too. Like he can kick. He's gonna attack Yair's lower calves. He's gonna attack his calves. Yeah, Volkanovski doesn't really go for whenever whenever Volkanovski kicks. He he kind of te- he he does he does a lot of like lower calf kicks. He does a, like a few lead taps, but he doesn't really go for the body or the head. He can't really reach the head, as 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 bad as that sounds. Yair is five eleven. Volkanovski is like five six. How how is Volkanovski gonna reach his head with a kick? It's not gonna happen. So he can't. Yair has that advantage. Like it's it's crazy. Yair Yair does have the kicking advantage, and I expect both of them to use their legs. I think Yair has to use his legs more than Volk does. Volk needs to use his striking more, and grappling is and 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 groundwork is going to be very fifty fifty because I mean Yair could try and take him to the ground. It's just you really like you can't expect much because Volkanovski can Volkanovski can tear you up from down there. I'm telling you. My prediction, real quick before I conclude everything. I think this goes to five rounds. I think it's going to be unanimous decision, Volkanovski. I think Volkanovski takes the win. He is the, he will still be the reigning featherweight champion. And after this, he'll be twenty six and two. And I just, I just really don't see how Volkanovski can lose this fight. Volkanovski's the favorite currently. He's sitting at minus three fifty money line. Yair Rodriguez is plus two ninety. It's not even that much of a marginal difference, considering like 
their styles, considering what they've already accomplished, it's, it's not even that much of a difference. I'm taking Volk by unanimous unanimous decision in five rounds. Mark it. So just to go over this again, I'm taking Jalen Turner money line minus two ninety. I'm taking um I'm taking Bo Nickel money line minus thirty five hundred. I'm taking Robert Whitaker money line minus three thirty. I'm taking Pantoja at plus one sixty and Volkanovski at minus three sixty. A lot of these a lot of these fights are like four out of the five are, are favorited fighters. It's just like whenever you kind of like break this stuff down, it's like who really has that advantage? Who really has that who really has that difference maker that can like set them apart? And I and I don't think a a lot of these underdogs really do. I think I think these fights are for the favorite to win. I think the only one that the underdog can win is Alexandre Pantoja beating Brandon Moreno for the flyweight championship. I think that's it. But thank you all for listening, sticking around if you made it this far. But this is being recorded on Saturday, and this will be released Saturday. So if you're listening, enjoy the fights. This card's absolutely phenomenal. One of the best ones I've seen in so long. Enjoy the fights. Kick back. Relax. If you're trying to get better at MMA, watch how they fight. Especially like guys I can I can give you advice for. Uh, Volkanovski, watch how he fights. Watch the movement of Brandon Moreno. And watch the power behind Robert Whitaker. Watch how they... Uh, watch those three guys specifically. But... Stick around for Motivational Monday, dropping this Monday, and then we will have an episode probably in the middle of the week next week. Then we'll have a new music Friday, and we'll have something else towards the end of the week, I believe. So pay attention pay attention for those drops. If you haven't already, if you haven't already, go follow our Instagram, go follow our Twitter, we're gonna be we're making a thread soon, so get ready to follow our threads. We'll have a link to that. Go follow our TikTok because we are gonna start posting videos very soon, and that has the potential to blow up, and that will increase the amount of viewers for this. So if you are if you're if you're listening now, then you are an OG. So remember that. But thank you all for listening to the UFC 290 preview. Keep fighting. Keep listening. And I'll see you guys in the next one.